Hello, everyone, and welcome to another live edition of Locked On Guardians. Uh, today's show, I am joining you in the eighth inning, uh, and we're going to, you know, last week's show was the biggest show we've ever had in the history of the show. So we're going to do try to do at least one live one a week. We are hoping for some, uh, I'm, I don't know, we'll see. I'm hoping for another comeback uh, after we had one a week ago. It's the Reds. Come on. You got to come back against the Reds. Uh, we'll be getting into all of this on today's episode of Locked On Guardians. You are Locked On Guardians, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Keeping my seething rage down at this point in time. Why do I have a seething rage? Because, uh, again, I'm joining here in the eighth. Is no one going to teach Andres Jimenez how physics and math works? Or even just how to run the bases? Why is he sliding into first base? I complained about this last week on a game that ended when he slid into first base. Let's just talk about the basics of why you don't slide into first base. One, injuries. He is arguably the top hitter on the team uh, this year in terms of overall production. I mean, it's Jose Ramirez. Let's be honest. Okay, it's Jose Ramirez. It's not really arguable. But Jimenez is too, and that is not arguable. Well, you can argue between him and Owen Miller. But still, he's one of the most important hitters on this team right now. The number of guys who break a finger, get a hand stepped on, do something that can cost them months of the season, uh, it's not necessarily high, but it happens. Okay, 3-2 game. Uh, did not expect that. Miles Straw with the first hit at the top of the lineup today. Uh, it was a big O for at the top until that moment. Uh, will Steve, can Stephen Kwan get off the snide here? It's been a rough week for him, uh, but a hit here could tie this one up. We'll see. I'm hoping for it. <laughs> hoping beyond hope. Come on, this is a perfect time for him to get out of this mini slump he's in. Ugh, stop sliding into first. He was initially called out. He had to be called safe on a review. Uh, Last week, like I said, we had a game end where he slid into first. Everyone out there, you have slid, I assume, in life at some point in time. If you slide, you eventually come to a stop. Why? Because friction slows you down and makes you slow down. A slide, you lose speed. Your momentum is lessened. You can run through first base. Now, Andres Jimenez isn't me. He's not going to get winded at about 80 feet of straight running. He should be able to run for 100-plus feet, you know? He should be able to run right through first base, and it doesn't matter. And guess what? As you're running, you keep gaining momentum and speed. When you slide, you lose it. So not only are these plays unnecessarily close, that's two reviews in a row on sides into first, it's a higher risk of injury, and he's also being less effective. Can can someone please coach him? Can someone please explain this to him? Ah, it's just, it's basic stuff. Like, this is things... You know, I would tell kids, you know, I did a small amount of baseball coaching in my day. But just simple things like that. Like, you slide. Okay, so when he stole second, he slid in. That's perfect because on a slide, it's not a force out. You can avoid a tag. That is when it makes sense. First base is the never slide into first base. Mm, okay, I'm, I'll let it go. But why? Someone please coach him. Please. I mean, they've, they've, it's a 3-2 game, and it nearly wasn't. If there wasn't review, it wouldn't be because he made a bad call again on a simple, silly thing that I've already screamed on this podcast about. 
I want to thank everyone for listening to today's episode of Lockdown Guardians, uh, making it your first listen. That's the end of the eighth there. Unfortunately, nothing more across. Stephen Kwan got under it, and that's you know, just not swinging a good bat right now. Uh, I want to thank you for making Lockdown Guardians your first listen today and every day, wherever it is that you get podcasts. Uh, I'll throw the internal shout out to Lockdown Cavaliers. Uh, they are, you know, the lotto happened. I'm sure they'll have some hot takes and interesting ideas on who could be joining the Cavs uh, through the draft. I want to give a second and introduce myself. If you've ever listened to an episode of Lockdown Guardians, I am your host, Jeff Ellis, formerly of Scout, formerly 24-7, where I was a national writer on the draft and prospects. Uh, Wednesday is our Wednesday wrap-up, typically. I don't know if we're going to get to it today, just because with the game going on, um, I mean, at the rate they're going, we will, because it will be done, uh, and I'll have a segment three completely open. I did lay out my first big board. So I don't know when I'm going to have time to write. I don't know when I'm going to sit down to write. I hand wrote out the list. I kind of debated and moved some guys around. As always, my list is very different from the consensus because I think the draft is already, you have such a low likelihood of, like, for instance, every single draft list I saw had Jordan back higher than Drew Gilbert. I did have a fan of the show talk about being a Tennessee fan. I disagree. Uh, the the common thing is like Jordan Beck is Hunter Renfro. I'm like four teams in a row, and like Hunter Renfro isn't quite good enough for what he does. And you're expecting someone else to get there. Like if a we knew a guy was going to have a Hunter Renfro career, he'd be a top ten pick because the draft is such a crapshoot at any level. Uh, I would rather have the guy who to me looks like uh, you know has the skill set that is very easily transferable and play a premium position. So that is kind of my take there. Tennessee is interesting. Just, I mean, they're going to have a lot of guys who go very high in the first few rounds of this year's draft. Having said that, let's get back into this game. Uh, Connor Overton, 15th round pick out of Old Dominion. Uh, He's been really good this year, but you can't help but feel like the Guardian, like someone's going to touch him up. He should have, on paper, he's a four, you know, quad A type. But he's been really effective in this game and really effective since he's been called up. Uh, his final line, seven and two-thirds, three hits, one walk, two earned runs, just two strikeouts. I mean, just not, uh, weren't able to do anything. Weren't able to bring anyone hardly to base. Class A's in to hopefully keep this one close. Uh, what I kind of missed earlier on, Brian Shaw with a nice rebound performance. Trevor Steffen, you know, the manufactured run, like this, this is so close to a 2-1 game. And you put in one of your top relievers, in the eighth, I mean, that's what Trevor Stafford's supposed to do is keep this close. He has been so good all year. They got to him. They successfully manufactured one run on a hit and a walk. Uh, just, you know, it's, and it's not even like the annoyance. It's not like there was an extra base hit with that one hit. Um, again, I didn't get to join till the eighth because it's bedtime for my kid during those other innings. I live in Wisconsin. Um, and just the way it works out is, when she goes to sleep, I can kind of jump in and watch because uh, I also have a nine-month-old, so two adults, one kid each. So you, you go and you look here. You get a walk. Walks come back to hurt the team, you know, right now um, with this. It's like the walk, then a stolen base, a fly out, and then a single scores the runner because you got TJ Friedel, who we talked about on the show yesterday, the undrafted signee. Has good speed, scores on Tommy Pham single, a player. I was like, hey, maybe the Garden should consider trying to acquire at some point. And then they get the double play. But, you know, it's 
if the bullpen is able to do their job there, we're right now at a tie game entering the ninth. So we'll see how this continues to go. That is, because uh, here's the thing. You shouldn't lose to the Reds. This is not a good team. It's not. Now you can look at it and be like, okay, Naquin's been about league average. Moustakis has been better in league average. Pham has been playing great, better in league average. Brandon Drury has actually been really good of late. You know, they have some interesting players, but it's still a bad team. You, know, you you don't sit there with nine wins at this point in the year and say anything other than this is the worst team in baseball. You should beat that team. You you should beat that team. There's no way around it. Feel a cough coming on time for the pause. So we now have one out here in the ninth after coughing some water. But you have to beat this Reds team. You just, you got it. It is there's no good spin. There's no good thing to put on it. This is a team you should be beating. I said on yesterday's show, if you don't win both these games, it's an embarrassment. Uh, They are the worst team in baseball by a pretty significant margin. Uh, Let's see. Related Indians information while we see Class A pitching here in the ninth, right? Um, I I just completely had a brain shut down. Oh, Gavin Williams is not getting promoted. (laughs) We did that whole segment yesterday. Uh, There's a lot of talk on the internet. And then, hey, turns out Gavin Williams, no promotion. Still, everything I said is valuable in terms of hearing and finding out about the top, one of the top, you know, at least one of the top two pitching prospects in the Guardian system right now. Uh, And in some regard, like I said, Espino is such a unicorn that I still have a hard time, like, believing he'll be real. Like, it's, I'm always, it's the same reason, like, I was so slow on Tristan McKenzie. He was also a unicorn. It's like, how many times can a team find unicorns? Uh, but maybe it'll it'll all work out. But in, in some regards, it's like I, Williams is farther away. But I kind of I have a little bit more faith in his outcome. So I would definitely go check that out. I got my start talking prospects, talking draft. So I also say I'm I have this feeling in the second round, Carson uh, Wisenhunt to the Guardians from ECU, teammate of Gavin Williams, someone I'm sure. Ooh, that was a nasty pitch. Uh, to Let's see, we have a 1-2 count right now. But uh was a teammate of Gavin Williams at uh, ECU. Uh, hasn't pitched at all this year because of a substance. Uh, I don't know if it was ever reported exactly what the substance suspension was. You know, Sometimes it's something like you know, Adderall. Sometimes it's something else. We'll, we, I mean, we'll also talk J.C. Mejia in a bit. It was, it was actually a big day for former Guardians in terms of breaking news. We'll talk about that as this game is progressing as well. But Wizenhunt, I mean, the fact that he hasn't pitched all year actually means that he is like, uh, his stock has been not moving because it's not due to an injury. Uh, and right now, it's just this weird situation where he was incredibly effective. He fits the Guardian's model. He, uh, you know, he, they saw him pitch a year ago. He was in line to be a first rounder this year. I still think he goes, you know, no later in the second round. So I'll be very curious to see if it does, but I'm just going to put it out there now. Um, my, if, if you could bet on such things, uh, the two names I would look at for the Guardians round two, Drew Thorpe from UC Irvine. Uh, and then there we go with the strikeout. Two outs in the ninth. Nice inning so far for Class A. Has looked pretty dominant. This is why you sign him. I mean, he just made... Made them look silly there with that pitch. You just gotta stop and enjoy the beauty of it. I mean, Colin Moran just looked completely, completely overmatched. Uh, 
Thorpe and Wizard Hunt would be the, the players that really kind of stood out to me. We're going to take a quick commercial break, come back, and uh, continue following this game. We got Naquin, former Guardian, up. I was going to talk about some former Guardians pitchers in the news today on today's episode of Locked on Guardians. Spring is in the air. It's time for renewal and growth, personally and professionally. As your small business grows, LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. You can create a job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job and the purple hiring, purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. That's why small businesses rated LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus their competitors. Right now, LinkedIn Jobs can help you find candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week, 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash MLB. That's linkedin.com slash MLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. If you're a small business, you got nothing to lose. It's free. I'm on LinkedIn. Go check it out. So in the time to pull up the ad, read the ad, come back. I don't know if you could see the anger breaking on my face at the very end of that ad read if you're watching over on YouTube. So Jose Ramirez, like that's a really impossible play. Like the, the, There's no fault on him on the Naquin single. You had to pinch it for Hedges. But you go and you give Luke uh, Maley the contract you give him because he's a solid defender with a good arm. Naquin's not that fast. He's a good runner, not a great... You got to get him out when he's stealing second. The, they give the run back. Right there, they give the run back. You have to throw him out in that situation. You know, he, he got lucky. It was a fluke, and that's what we've talked about, right? Why it's better for the ball to be in the air, not on the ground? Because it's easier for flukes to happen uh, on the ground. Steals a base, then you follow it up with a single. And Class A, who looked utterly dominant for the first two hitters, is now given back the run. It's a four to two game. <laughs> I'll just I'll be nice. Let's talk about things that aren't nice. Logan Allen the Elder was released by Baltimore today. He made three appearances for them and they saw what we saw always here. The fastball just can't deceive anyone. Uh, there's not enough movement and spin on it. I'll be curious to see if someone else gives him a try. I mean lefties last forever. Flags fly forever and left lefties last forever. Um, he'll land somewhere. If nothing else, like Baltimore was smart to claim him because they're in, maybe they can pass him through waivers. There is a chance of that. And uh, that's the end of the inning here. But, yeah, I mean, they kind of are like, okay. And let's face it, Baltimore's track record honestly hasn't been that great in pitcher de- in development in general um, since the, with this new front office. We have not seen a lot of – they've taken a lot of big swings, especially in the draft. Like, you know, they trust their approach, and they've been doing the – outside of Rushman, they've been going – Drafting down, basically the equivalent of trading down. We've talked about this many times in the show. When you sign for under slot, a player for significantly under slot, when you're drafting a guy at like four who's valued in most places at eight to nine, you're using that extra money to go get someone else. Now, last year, they wanted to use that money to go get Jude Fabian, who's going to be a top 30 player in this year's class. Uh, it was a smart move by them. But uh, Baltimore or Boston then hosed them and uh, also re- decided that they weren't going to listen to the player's stated demands. Like, that's not how this works. That's it's a bad juju. But 
you know, you then spread that extra money around to get better talent later. It's the equivalent of trading down. Baltimore, though, they haven't, for making those swings and kind of being like, no, we trust our scouts. This stuff's all equal. We're going to, our board is different. They don't have much to show for it. And it's like if you're like, oh, Grayson Rodriguez, he was there beforehand. Uh, he was not them. So I'll be curious to see what happens with him. And then uh, JC Mejia, who the Guardians uh, waived and then were able to trade and get David Fry, who's putting up some great numbers in AAA, uh, the catcher from the Brewers. 80-game suspension for performance enhancers. So uh, Mejia is an 80-game suspension. You know, I, I don't necessarily want to say winner or loser when we're talking about a player who's being suspended. But right now, that is really, I don't know if I want to go so far as to say, uh, you know, he made a choice. Uh, that's what happened. He made a choice. Uh, he had Stan Zozolo. I'm not as familiar exactly what that is. If that's a masker or what that is here, we'll do the quick Google search. Um, it's a, so it's just Puron. It's a steroid, anabolic steroid. So, yeah, that's uh, that's what happened with J.C. Mejia. Uh, I mean, I, I understand when you're a fringy guy, you're probably getting nervous. You want to take every opportunity you can. And for him, it's an 80-game suspension. That's that's a massive suspension. That's half the season. Um, uh, the Guardians fans, we should be familiar with this. Remember, last time we made the postseason in 2020, we didn't have Class A for that entire season. I still am a little bit salty about that because I was like, well, the suspension is essentially for half the season. So giving him 80 games for that performance enhancer isn't suspending for half the season when the season isn't uh, you know 80 games long. That, that was something that just kind of uh, annoyed me at the time. So as this game's going on, let's put the college talk just in the middle of it. We have Jose Ramirez currently up. Owen Miller's been scuffing a little bit of late, like everyone else in this lineup, it feels like. Uh, hopefully, you know, it's the heart of your order. It's your three, four, five. Hopefully these guys can get on base or get something going. Uh, Warren's been not as sharp, so we'll see. Trish McKenzie trying to build up the crowd there. Uh, let's talk some draft talk. So I will say the one thing in this year's draft is very clearly, to me at least, there's a top six. And then after that, you can start to have some debate points. But you have the four prep hitters um, in my personal order. Drew Jones, Tamar Johnson, uh, Jackson Holiday, and Elijah Green. And you got the two college hitters, Brooksley and uh, Kevin Parada. There is a walk for Jose Ramirez, Owen Miller on deck. Uh, when I'm looking at, uh, you know, what's crazy about that group is one, the son of Andrew Jones, the son of uh, Eric Green, the son of Matt Holiday, and am I forgetting? I'm, I'm definitely forgetting someone. No, I guess it's just three of the four. Because uh, Cam Collier, who's probably my next prep hitter on the list, is the son of Lou Collier. Uh, who I also believe, Cam Collier, by the way, top 10 player. And then Justin Crawford, Carl Crawford's son, he might be a top 10 player before this is all said and done. So this is a heavy bloodlines draft. But right now you have those big four. Drew Jones is a consensus one. Um, there's a lot of his dad there. And his dad, if he had kept it up and not kind of hit his 30s and come undone, would have been a slam dunk Hall of Famer. He's still a you know a big debate Hall of Famer right now. 
and why do I have Tamar Johnson higher, even though defensively he's probably the weakest of the group? Elijah Green's the riskiest, uh, but potentially the biggest upside, highest ceiling. Uh, Jackson Holiday has positional value, but Tamar Johnson's just the best hitter. Like I just, I believe he's going to hit. Might be the weakest defender of the group, but I, I feel most confident. He uses all the field, all fields. He has a good approach. He does everything well, so I'm buying there. If I'm making a list, it probably goes like Drew Jones and Brooks Lee. I still believe in Lee. I still like the overall profile of that group of six. He has the lowest ceiling by far, but he is the most interesting. I could be talked into Kevin Prada even higher just because I think he can be. You got to be kidding me. Is that going to go out? Tie game. I guess I got to do more of these, right? Is this how we're going about it? Um, so can I go back and just, I, I don't really edit video well. Can I get rid of that part where I talk about Owen Miller scuffling? Because that, that doesn't look good right now. Uh, <laughs> oh, I missed all the data. Uh, 390 feet. That's about all I saw there. Um, tie game. Reds are bad. Guardians are good. Bullpen just got to stick together. Right now, <laughs> two of their, you know, three elite relievers have given up a run. Uh, you know, we'll see who they bring out next. I was trying to think who pitched. Uh, I mean, everyone should be rested. Yeah, the off day. I, hope, I mean, who's up next for the... Uh, let's go look who's up. Right? That's all you need to see. Who is, uh, who's due up next for Cincinnati. Is it uh, Fridell? So you got what, top of the lineup. Let's see. Right, let's see. What do we have? If it's lefty or righty, because that's the thing. They're going to go with, when you have Carl Wills back there, you know it's going to be all, Fridell's a lefty. Drury is a switch. I don't know where he's dominant. Fam is a righty. Maybe they'll go Henches. I am a little worried. Just send out your best relievers. That's kind of my view right now. Henches is the best player left in the pen. What? I mean, I just got to keep doubting Miller at this point in time, I guess. It feels like uh, my doubts only give him strength. Um, I, I, had, I talked about Owen Miller being released to clear up 40-room space. You get some wrong. Like, I'll call myself out when I get it right. Miller, I was wrong on. Uh, Miller and McKenzie are both players I've been wrong on. We'll, we'll see if everything continues to stick. Um, and again, my, my wrongness on McKenzie was I thought he would be an elite, elite reliever just because I was worried about health. Again, I'm never going to bet on unicorns. And I've explained, again, that's my same problem with Espino. It's like when there's been nobody like you, the odds of you being like a separator that, you know, you're the first in the 100-year history of this game. <laughs> Like, I'm like, I'm, I don't believe that, you know, it's just not very likely. So, um, you know, Andres Jimenez up. This is a good situation. I mean, no one's on base anymore, but you got a shook starter. Don't let up or starter shook closer. I should say right now. Don't let up. This is not a good Reds bullpen either. So as this game goes on, it should favor the guardians. Oh, that's right to the first baseman. Nothing to show for that, but Owen Miller, huh? Well, he's going to be one of the three stars of this game. <laughs> uh, without a shadow of a doubt, he's going to be one of the three stars of this game. We're at 23 minutes. Let's pause. Uh, should we, we got two outs here in the ninth. Uh, we'll take 
our commercial break right after Richie Palacios. We'll see what happens. Um, we'll come back for a little bit of the Reds half. I'll just come back at the start, depending on who the start. Uh, the if the, I, I, they're not going to even class A. Let's be honest, they're not. Whoever they decide to put in, and uh, we'll discuss if it's a good choice, a bad choice, or a worrying choice. And then we'll come back and uh, talk in the Guardians half of the tenth. If you know Richie Palacios might just hit a bomb here, very unlikely. Not really his profile. That was a really borderline pitch there for strike two. Um, uh, I don't love that. But Owen Miller, heroics. Just got to... I got to talk badly about everyone. That, that's the takeaway. And that... Okay. We... Uh, I thought for sure for a second there he had struck out. It's a problem with going back and forth. Uh, but more to go back to call the draft while we're waiting to see how this plays out. Uh, there's a clear top six, and Prada I could be talked into because uh, we've talked about how hard it is to find catchers, right? And this guy's just killing the ball. Plus power, you know, average to below average defense. That will play. That will 100% play. Uh, and, of course, he's a Georgia Tech catcher because, you know, all of the catchers in baseball are eventually going to be from Georgia Tech. But what he's doing this year, just the overall strength and power, I'm same reason I liked Henry Davis a year ago, right? Like he is probably, that's going to be an out. Uh, He's probably going to be cheaper than the other five names I mentioned. And you also have to count that in like overall. Then again, I have to see how the new rules work out with the whole, you know, you can only offer a minimum of so much vary to the slot. So we'll take our break because I'm already going to run long again. I know Uh, we'll do an ad read. We'll come back and discuss the 10th, um, Hopefully the Guardians are going to walk off win this one. And our other fantastic sponsor is BuiltBar.com. Let's take a moment and talk about Built Bar. I love them. I eat them. I had, I'm had. i almost done with my granola, which makes me sad. I really love those granola bars. That is my new favorite. Uh, I like both the peanut butter and I also enjoyed the, uh, what's that? the coconut. They always do coconut so well. Right now, by the way, if you go to BuiltBar.com, the brownie batter puffs are back. Who doesn't like brownie batter? And when you order a box of brownie batter puffs, you get two free birthday cake puffs. So you're getting two free bars when you go and order. And when you use the promo code LOCK15, you're going to save 15%. So you get marshmallow wrapped in chocolate that has 140 calories, 17 grams of protein, 7 grams of sugar. That's a brownie batter puff. And you get two of the free the birthday cake uh, puffs to try. If you wanted to see what they're like, now is the perfect time. Go Buy some brownie batter puffs, get some free chocolate, uh, free birthday cake puffs, and use Locked15 to save 15%. Over at BuiltBar.com, I eat them daily. If you'll try them, you'll love them. I don't know anyone who has tried them and doesn't love them. Go check out Built Bar today. Okay, so here we are in the ninth. Uh, Nick Sandlin is in. And, okay, here's my concern with Sandlin. He gets the first out with the runner on second. That's a positive. Maybe I'll be wrong. One, he's not been as effective this year, uh, just in general. We've talked about the issues with Sandlin. Has been pretty cons- he's been consistently inconsistent um, through the course of this season. And again, I go to the MLB one. That is not where I want to go. I'm going to go to baseball reference. He also just hasn't been hitting his spots. Like, personally, he's like the worst hitter to bring in in this situation, or worst hitter, worst pitcher to bring in, right? 
when you're looking at this team, I'm going to go over to fan graphs. I don't know if he has the worst walks per nine on this roster, but it's got to be close to that. When you already have an inherited base runner, you don't want to put someone else who's going to put guys on base. And let's see. Let's go over here on fan graphs. Let's go to the Guardians. I, I think he might have the worst walk rate on this team, which is exactly why I would not go to him in this situation. He has the highest walk percentage at 15.7%. And Neil Aniel De Los Santos is 15.6. Anthony Ghost, who's been known for having command problems, is at a 13.3. So you're looking at someone who has been largely ineffective this year and has struggled with control. Again, you know, highest walk percentage on the team. Uh, this is not letting me just do a... Okay, yeah, I don't want summary. I want to go to stats. So let's continue talking about stats. Let's look at walks per nine. Come on. Why are you not letting me have the stats I want? Why are you curating your stats, Fangraphs? Um, okay. So, nutshell. This, this can't be updated. This is weird. Why does it have Tristan McKenzie appearing in three innings? And there's the walk I talked about. Okay, so there's walk. Number one, this is why you don't go to a Nick Sandlin in a tight situation. Because, again, hasn't been good. And two, he has been walking people at a higher rate than anyone else on this team. His, you know, his walk per nine uh, is quite high. His walk percentage is the highest on the Guardians right now. Ugh. It's, I... I don't know why you don't go henches. It's just my overall view on this one right now is that's, I'd, you know, you have a top three. I know it's a bad team, but I'd still rather have my top three in there playing rather than go, you know, go someplace else. Um, just because, you know, I, yeah, he got out the lefty with Friedel. Uh, Drury walks. Now you've got uh, Tommy Pham. And I know it's a bunch of righties, and I'm sure that was the logic because you can't only send someone out to face one guy. But Henches has been really good. I can't believe I'm like the one being like, I wish Sam Henches was in this game. Wasn't about face for me. But I, give me... I mean, I wouldn't put Ghosts ghost in there either. <sighs> give me Henches. Like, that's, that's just, I guess, kind of where I am. I don't like putting in... When you already have a ghost runner on second, you're in a situation like this. It's just not a time you want to put in a pitcher with control issues. And a pitcher who's been largely ineffective this year, for the most part. He's not looked good in his opportunities. Like, he is a, honestly, like, he is someone where I think you have that debate, if this continues on, like, up out of the zone, of, like, does he maybe, you know, does he have options left? Could he spend some time? down in uh in AAA he was great a year ago but he had the health issue he was kind of coming back from a health issue even at the start of camp and everything else well, there's a good pitch there 92 inside but he just doesn't be able does not seem to be able to hit his spots I, I just feel like he is the command is is like 35 grade right now and my fan graphs won't work uh but yeah no, I'm not going to the guy with command issues in the ninth with the ghost runner at second base that's he's sitting there three one oof, three two that was a nice one fooled him in the middle of the plate we'll see what happens here 
so continuing some earlier thought, just going back to some draft talk while this occurs. Yeah, there's that top clear group. And then I essentially, you know, have about four to five guys kind of in the next tier. And then it really feels honestly from like pick 11 to pick like foul tip uh, to pick 40. It's all kind of the same. Uh, I could see, you know, it's going to be all sorts of players all over the place. Like I said, I'm significantly lower on Jordan back. I just, I'm, I've spent too much time realizing like people underestimate just what it means when a guy's already striking out at kind of a higher percentage in college like that, that stands out. I think it's not as, you know, you're facing so many guys who couldn't even play in low a, even in college baseball that you have to take that into that for account. But yeah, I'll be curious to see it was borderline, but there we go. Two walks. This is why you don't bring in Nick Sandlin. Um, Like, I don't know if it'd be any better if it wasn't Carl Willis there, but, like, this just feels like someone just going by the book and going by last year's book. Just being like, eh, Sandlin is the guy. It's like, mm, is he? Is he? Because he hasn't been very good this year. He hasn't appeared to be the guy. At least not from where I'm sitting. This is exactly why you don't go to him. Yeah, Moustakis up now. Oof. He was not fooled for a second on that one. Let's let's see. I'm moving over to baseball reference to see if I can get a comparative walk per nine for this entire team this year. It's a strikeout per nine. Walk per nine. No, the low. Yeah, Sandlin's the high. You don't. It's, it's a situation you just don't put yourself into. Like, go get Eli Morgan. It's an extra inning game. Again, everyone should be rested. Give me Morgan. Give me Henches. Don't give me Nick Sandlin, a pitcher who is struggling, who has control problems. That is not the player to bring in in this situation. Um, this probably isn't going to end well. We're already at 34 minutes. Uh, I'm going to pause it here in the Moustakas at bat. Whoa, I mean, he just... That one was well out of the zone at uh, two and one. And I don't know, maybe I'm I'm probably like putting my own thoughts and feelings on this, but it just feels like the mechan- you know, the way he's releasing it, it's like, it, does he have a consistent release point even? Is it, I mean, nearly hit him there. Like, you know, it's one of those things I'd be curious to see a slow down camera. Like, is the release point consistent? Is, you know, is his mechanical delivery consistent? He's not been good. He's not been the guy like a year ago and hit him. Nearly hit him with the last pitch. Hit him. Did he hit him with this one or is that just a walk? I mean, either way, it was inside. <sighs> like, he's a year ago, I would have said he was the eighth inning guy for this team. The end of last season, I'd say he was the setup guy. This year, he's been bad. There's no way around it. He has been full on bad. He has been a not a you know not a good reliever by pretty much any measure he's not missing bats he's walking more guys than he's striking out which is pretty rare to see in this day and age of baseball um he's been long ball prone for his you know appearances it's it's all bad so yeah i mean i don't know why you go to him in this situation at all um 
I'll first guess it. It's not a second guess. It's a first guess. I don't know why you go to him here. And he misses it again. I, Stevenson could hit a grand slam. Like, he's their best hitter this year, correct? Um, he could easily hit a grand slam. Uh, the one upside I'll say to Sandlin being all over the place, it's a little bit harder to make hard contact, though we talked about his home run rate is over. is near is one and uh, one and a half. Yeah. So it's one of those things where you look at this. Uh, he doesn't even seem to necessarily know where things are going. Oh, gets the strike. That, it, that you know, I'll say one thing. I feel like the low strike was called throughout this thing. <laughs> what you expect. Bases loaded one out with. Tyler Stevenson up that you're going to get the strike but a consistent low strike zone in this game some nice framing helped as well but yeah I'll just first guess this is not the pitcher to throw out in this situation I mean De Los Santos has been better I mean anyone on this rotation has honestly been better this year Anthony Ghost is probably the one guy I wouldn't go to um, just because it was just you know uh, more righty hefty and he also has control issues <sighs> I guess De La Santos is also has a pretty high walk, you know, walk for nine. But give me, give me Eli Morgan. Give me Henches. Uh, you've already burned through Class A, Stefan uh, and Shaw. Uh, don't give me Sandlin in this situation. I mean, honestly, we're kind of getting to a point where it's like a few things. One, the way the rotation's playing out, at what point... Do you have, make a hard decision with Sabale and maybe get Pilkington, who's pitched well back up here, and see if uh, you know Sabale can figure some things out in AAA for a bit if he's struggling right now or if there's a health issue. And two, at what point in time do you also say, "Hey, Sandlin, something clearly isn't right here"? Um, I know it's twelve point one innings. I'm, I'm being over the top because I'm frustrated, but I'm frustrated. It's a bad call by management. The one nice thing here is he's 0-2 to Colin Moran. Colin Moran, we talked about yesterday's show, isn't good. High pick. He was, you know, always mocked to the Guardians, but he's been let go by some really bad teams because he's not very good. He's a very fringe player, more quad A than MLB. So, I mean, you you feel good that he's probably going to swing at something out of the zone. Since Sandlin's mostly been operating outside the zone, this feels like a time. Yeah. That, that was a high fastball, and he swung right through it. Thank you, Colin Moran. It's only a one run differential, which, with the Ghost Runner, is very easy to get back. Top of the lineup uh, is coming in. We'll take a pause, come back. I don't want to go 40 minutes on this episode. Okay, hopping back in. I, I guess I don't know the rules well enough. I thought because like he was already at third base that he would then be awarded the extra. Uh, he'd be awarded home, and this would be a tie game. Uh, apparently, that's not the rule. Or if it is, you know, I could have been reviewed where he was. Uh, it it seems like I'm assuming it's some kind of view that since uh, you know, bad luck for the Guardians. The ball bounces into the dugout. It helps the Reds out. This should be a tie game right now. Uh, Stephen Kwan has had his struggles, and he just walked the bases loaded. Um. I was kind of waiting for my anger and to kind of hear more about the play that happened with Plot. This has been a very angry game. Uh, (laughs) Sliding into first base. uh, Stefan and Class A giving up runs. 
both, you know, your top two relievers not getting the job done. Bring in Nick Sandlin. Why? And then the play, I'm like, why didn't he get home? Why can't he just, from what I could hear, listening to things, it sounded like, uh, oof. I almost, like, if it wouldn't hurt him, I kind of wish Jose had just leaned into that one. Right? Just Let's just tie this game up. I mean, I understand you're hoping Jose is going to hit, a, like, a scorching single and just end it, but uh, there's that part of me. It's just like, lean in. Just, let's just get the auto tie. Um, 1-0 right now. Uh, this is, I mean, this is what you want. You want Jose up, bases loaded, down one run. This is this is what you want. You want your star in this situation. But getting back to the Palacios, and why it took me a while to come back, is it was like, why, why didn't he get home? He was at third. Doesn't he get the next base? Apparently, you don't get that base awarded. He he can only advance one base. Um, and even though he's all the way to third when it kicked in, just bad luck for the Guardians. Bad, bad luck. Uh, there's no other way to put it. It is a situation where if it doesn't kick in, he probably scores. Like, if that just sits in a corner there, he probably races down the line, slides in, avoids the tag, and this is a tie game. Oof, that was not a good pitch. That was down and inside. Jose wanted to tie it. Wanted to, was going for the Grand Slam. He didn't want to tie it. He wanted to double the Guardians' runs in one swing. Uh, you know, wanted to make this an eight to five win. <sighs> one two count. You know, one of the hardest guys to get strike. You know, to strike out. Like this is again, this, this, maybe in all of baseball, this is the best player to have at the plate in this situation. He rarely swings and misses, but he did right there. You want to get mad at me for jinxing it? Go ahead. Um, well, darn. Players of the game, uh, three stars. Uh, Owen Miller, for what was excitement in this one, uh, after a relatively uneventful game. Zach Plesak had a solid start. It wasn't necessarily a great start, but I'll say it was a solid start. Give him the two. Who reached base twice in this one? Miles Straw. Uh, is Straw really the only guy who reached base twice? Yeah. So Miles Straw is your third star because, hey, you know, he... Helped get uh, get that run across in the eighth, and uh, he reached base twice, which no one else managed to do in this game. Total opportunities granted. Five hits by the Guardians, four walks. That's nine base runners. Uh, Cleveland hit hit two guys. So, yeah, no, it was just a walk in the ninth by Sandlin. What was his line? One inning, only one earned run, but three walks, two strikeouts. Oh, that's infuriating. Uh, walks came back to hurt him. I mean, Trevor Stefan, it was a walk that got, that started that inning for him. Uh, so yeah, they had, let's see. So five and four, uh, nine opportunities, four runs. It's actually not, not terrible. That's good. Actually, it's quite a good performance to get four runs on nine opportunities. Our side of things, six walks by Cincinnati plus nine hits. They had 15 plus the two walks, 17 opportunities. Five runs is actually a little low since he should have won this game going away. They played better. And the Guardians just walked too many guys. I mean, half of that six came from Sandlin, but still. Um, this is a... You you have to beat the Reds. That's just it. End of story. You have to beat the Reds. The Reds are awful. Reds have, what, 10 wins, and two of those are against the Guardians? They're 10-26. and 26. Let me go look at that schedule. Cincinnati Reds schedule. You have to beat this team. They are... T- they, you know, they're... 
by far have been the worst performing team in baseball. They have 10 wins and you know, two of them are against Cleveland. Right? No. For some reason I thought they had already it was just the two games, I'm sorry, just one against the Guardians. Um that's right. They clobbered him on the home opener and they had the it was back when Stephen Kwan was like the hottest man on the the planet. So no, I'm wrong. They still they're now one and two. Uh, if the Guardians lose tomorrow, I believe that means we don't have uh, a guaranteed Ohio Cup. It'd be like a split, maybe a timeshare for the Ohio Cup. Uh, you have to beat the you have to beat the Reds because the Reds are awful. Just that's it. End of story. Super long episode. I want to thank everyone for another long one as we went uh, live with the game. Um, not as fun. It looked like it was going to be, and then it wasn't. Uh, thank you for watching, Lockdown Guardians. Um, Sorry. Frustrating game. Thank you for watching Lockdown Guardians. Remember to rate and review. Download daily. It helps. I want to thank you again for making Lockdown Guardians your first listen today and every day, wherever it is you get podcasts. And, uh, yeah, do me a favor. This is a heartbreaker. Make sure you're subscribed on the YouTube. And uh, subscribe to wherever you get podcasts. And as I end every show now, go, go, Guardians, go.